Welcome along to Crunching Gears, Season 3, Episode 8. In this episode, Connor Edwards and myself, Kevin Glendon, speak with Chris Patterson and Aaron Johnson to get the view from the co-driver's seat. It is a fascinating story. It really is mad to think that two guys from this island in 2021 were sitting in world cars in the world stage. Also joined there by also, as you mentioned, Paul Nagel. So I think it's just a story that needs to be told. So sit back once again and enjoy. stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away i remember when we pulled on our helmets and, and, and donald says to me what are we doing i said we're going for gold bar <laughs> welcome along to crunching gears and this episode i'm joined in the questions by connor edwards and then and to answer those questions, we have Chris Patterson and Aaron Johnson. You are all very welcome along. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Kevin. Great to be here. So we're just going to do a wee quick sort of, you know, look back in your careers up to date and then then sort of what the plan is then going forward. So I suppose, Chris, starting with yourself, starting out in the 80s in Northern Ireland, you know, names like John Gullis, Steve Emerson and... You know, right from those early years, you're in with, you know, top-line drivers. Um, that, you know, with your father making pace, was that an advantage? Did that help you get into them seats? Or how did you progress so quickly, so early? That's really what I'm trying to ask. <laughs> oh, you know, back then, you know, obviously, you know, we were making pace notes a lot with my father. And, and um, you know, we uh, at weekends and whenever we had time. So... We were always getting a bit of experience of, of going away and making notes and doing reckeys and these things. Uh, John Gleese uh, was was a dentist. You know, he, he's a dentist on the Cable Road in Belfast. So, um, and there was there was one one rally. There was an event, whatever it was. I can't even remember which one it was. And, and his co-driver couldn't make it. And, and he said, "Chris, would, would you come and do the rally?" I said, "Absolutely, no problem at all." So off we went. It was Cavan or Monon or. Dundalk, or one of the one of those events anyway. I just can't remember. It was so, so long ago now, but um, we got on well, and it was great and really really good fun. And and John was was a good driver then. We were in the Chevette, and um, it was you know just a lot of fun and, and an absolute gentleman. And uh, mm-hmm. he, he enjoyed a nice dinner, and it was um, you know and I was just brought into it, and it was great. It was really really good. And Stevie Emerson was 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 a friend at the time. We were all sort of running yeah. about at the time, so. So he said, oh, Chris, come on, you jump in and do the rally with me and we'll go and have a, a bit of a carry on at the weekend. Because that's really what it was. You know, we were doing the, the national events in, 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 um, in the South and it's just a bit of fun, a bit of carry on. So it was a, a good old laugh, but we were always in work on Monday morning and it was, uh, it was good fun. Yeah. And like, you know, in 91 then, the opportunity to come up 
to sit with Jimmy McRae and Donegal. Like, even then, you know, Jimmy McRae had been there, done that, got the T-shirt at that stage. Like, that must have been huge. Like, you're only, only maybe early mid-20s at that stage. I was early 20s. I think it was 22 or 23, whatever, uh, something like that. And, um, you know, that was, that was a great opportunity for me. And, you know, the McRae's were a family friend of, of my parents. So um, and I was supposed to be doing the Donegal Rally with, um, with, with another driver. The other driver pulled out at the last minute and Jim had got a, a late entry. And needed a co-driver, and I just happened. I took the phone call um, at my mom's house and uh, or my parents' house, and um, he said I need a co-driver, and just cheekily said, "I go, yeah, <laughs> pick me up on the way past." And uh, he said, "Oh, all right, will you?" Yeah, yeah, no bother. So uh, and, and they said, "I'll just start it from there." It was um, and we we got second place. We had some mechanical problems um, on, on on the Saturday. And we had dropped some service time, and um, but it was hilarious, and, and you know it was um, it was just so much fun, and, and and Jim was really you know just an absolute gentleman, and, and what a driver, and what an experience that was for me, and mm-hmm. you know we had a, a, a really good day on Sunday, we we really pushed hard on Sunday, and even to this day, if I'm ever up around Atlantic Drive or anything like that, I just remember that time, and like wow, you know it was that was a proper. Probably one of the most famous three door Sierra Cosworths of all time. Right, yeah. It's uh, the only one that ever won a World Championship rally, and it um, it was owned by Malcolm at the time, and it was it was rented from 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 M Sport at the time. And uh, you know, even you know, we've talked about the car recently. We've talked about the car. You know, we're not too exactly too sure where it is now, but uh-huh. Malcolm always says, "Yeah, that was the car that got away. She never sold that car." But um, uh-huh. you know, that's that's how it goes. Yeah, I because like you know there was like there was D three seventy three seven one three seven two guitar cars you know and I always remember yeah. the the time Mark Lovell won the Ulster Rally I think it was yeah. Sammy Hamill the the thing was a very special tar car you know and I always thought that was a yeah. nice yeah. A lovely fitting yeah. thing you know yeah. uh, so from then on like you had sporadic sort of WRC appearances through the nineties and then with Gwandaf then and the seat. The Cordoba WRC mm-hmm. again, like you were part of the works team. Then that must be an exciting time for you as well. It was, and you know we had been doing, you know, during those you call it sporadic years. You know, we've been doing um, sort of British Championship with David Higgins and doing a lot of gravel notes at that time. You know, and it's um, mm-hmm. you know we were doing like the full World Championship then for, with gravel notes for Alistair McRae and, right. and Colin McRae as well. Okay. So. I mean, we were on all the World Championship events for many years, and, and I was co-riding for, for David Higgins on the British Championship and got to know Gwyndaf. Mm-hmm. And so the opportunity came up then, you know, Gwyndaf said, oh, come on, you, will, you, will you come for on LGB? And I said, of course, you know. So, um, and then it was part of the factory team, and it was an amazing experience, it really was. And it was the last ever riding of the of the, the CAT uh, WRC cars. And unfortunately, we ended up, upside down in a, in a ditch in the middle of the night but it was just so good and then you know we just carried across then into uh, into Monte Carlo the following year with uh, with the NG team in the in the Super 1600s yeah. and it was a you know a British Championship and World Championship program mm-hmm. and uh, we had a lot of fun with that really really was a lot of fun and the car was it was okay, but you know there was the work throwing buckets of money at it, and it was uh, all a bit of a shoestring and making it up as they go along. But 
it certainly was a lot of fun and uh, we enjoyed it. Yeah, like that that was been before Monte Carlo, that car has been really pushed, you know, the, the best of British almost, you know, the ND name back in rally and all. Like it was mm-hmm. a very exciting programme at that time, really. So it was, it was. And you know, but their their main priority at the time at the MG factory was the Le Mans programme. So um, and I think I, one day I seen the figures and uh, I think the catering budget for Le Mans was was more than our WRC <laughs> programme budget. So it was all about Right, okay, that's how it is, and we just need to get on with it. But um, you know, that was that that was those times, and that time at NG, it was uh, they were pushing it quite hard on the media side, and um, but you know, it just wasn't um, they just weren't the, the budget just wasn't there to yeah, do it yes. absolutely correctly. We did it as best as we possibly could with what we had available, but mm-hmm. it was um, it was difficult. Yeah, yeah, and then you know that helped again, you know, this level of progression all the time. You know, that started opening up the door then with, you know, Chris Meek, Niall McShay, Nasser, uh, you know, so every t- all the time, it was always progression, progression, progression. Yeah, it was always progression, progression. And, um, you know, it was, you know, I think it was 2000, 2003, 2004, and I was doing production cup and the junior world championship with Chris and Niall McShay. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing the whole world championship. And um, probably in, in today, you know, it's not an ideal because you're jumping between drivers and you're jumping between face notes and this, that and the other. But, you know, I just simply didn't see it that way at that time. I was just like, well, I, I want to do as many rallies as I possibly can and gain on all the experience I could possibly get. And, mm-hmm. you know, it worked well with Chris and it worked well with Niall and it suited everybody. And then I, I joined with Nasser in 2004. And really that, you know, started, that was a big program then with them. So something had to give. And um, the production cup side had to give because I was going to be doing production cup, but I was still able to do a few rallies with Chris and uh, the Qataris and Nasser and and, and the president of the federation were were happy enough for me to do that. So I was quite lucky in that way. And uh, but, you know, in in, in today, the way everything is today, you know, I mean, I've helped Aaron a little bit there, as, as, as I'm sure you know, but. You know, it'd be one thing I'd be saying to you know, just try and stick with one driver and then, you know, really focus on that job. Uh-huh. But sometimes, you know, it really is a case of, you know, certainly back then we were, we were making it up as we're going along <laughs> and trying to get as much as we possibly could um, out, of, out of all the events. Yeah, because like, you know, in some ways, yeah, stick to one driver. But then, you know, you can't be experienced that, you know, like doing all them different events, that, you know, that obviously helped you then progress further as well because... You know, if you yes. just done six events in the year rather than doing 12 events like this. Yes, really, it, it does. It, it helps a lot on experience. You know, I mean, it's experience is everything in this game, and, um, you know, which, which I'm sure most people know. And, you know, and when you've got two or three drivers in a different season, you're just learning so much with all the different things that happen. And, you know, whenever your back's against the wall, you're just learning all the time and, and you're using those experiences in the future you know you know you always remember oh i remember that happened to me one time and you're like well we need to be careful and watch out for this because it's happened to me yes and um you know we've been down down a few roads and there's been um you know a lot of things have happened over the years and and, and everything you just remember everything and uh, it, it always pays at the end where someday you're like ah this happened to me before and this won't make me <laughs> Uh, you know so and, and just be careful of this and watch that and and, and yeah experience is everything in the game as, as we all know yeah like experience you can't buy i suppose really sorry, sorry mm. connor you want to come in there 
I was just going to ask Chris, you know, at that stage, did you have anybody mentoring you or coaching you from the, the co-driving side in the early days? Not really. I mean, I had some, you know, no, I mean, not, no, I didn't really. We were just sort of winging it and making it up as we go along. And, you know, there was with some good friend with Terry Harriman was, was just, just down the road here at home. And Fred Gallagher was always really helpful. And, you know, so they always had those people to sort of fall back on and, you know, quite often, even then, they were still very, very at the top of their game as well. So sometimes it was difficult to actually communicate with them because, uh, I mean, it might sound strange, but like there wasn't even, you know, well, yes, there was mobile phones, but like there was no WhatsApp and there was no network. There was no, uh, there was no very, very quick communication. So most of the time you were literally, you were, you were on your own and right, this is what we'll have to do and we'll just have to get out of this mess, which... You know, I think sometimes is 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 part of the secret to to being a co-driver is you know you can get into a problem. It's getting out of that problem as quickly and efficiently as you possibly can, and hopefully without anybody knowing. That is, <laughs> um, you know, that that is a key to uh, you know to, to becoming successful as a co-driver. You're kind of like a swan gliding along with the feet oh, frantically below the surface. Thinking, thinking on your feet is so important. It's nearly 20% of the game now. It's, um, you know, whenever there's a problem, getting out of that problem, you know, and that's that's a big, big thing. Yeah. And without anybody knowing. <laughs> the key. Uh, I can't now go past this. I have to ask this question. Huge Colin McRae fan, but more importantly, a huge Metro 6R4 fan. You done the McRae stages with Colin in a six hour four? Yes. How was that? There are a few stories for that day which <laughs> are not uh, not not really for publication, but we had, uh, we had a hell of a day out. It was uh, a lot of fun. The car was just amazing. I'm a big metro fan myself, so it was uh, a really really special day out, and the car was fabulous, and we had a lot of fun. And uh, but there's a few stories along the way which uh, <laughs> well, we'll might, with them some other day. <laughs> at, at the minute they'll not be coming out. <laughs> so Arne, we we'll have to bring you in now to this. Like you know, you're hearing these stories here. Like at this stage, you know, you were only a young fella coming up through. But as soon as you were old enough to get a navigator's license, um, you had your dad out doing night navs. Uh, you know, just everything to gain experience. Had you like was there a master plan there somewhere in the background? Uh, generally, when me and Dad started, it was more coming from his side. I wasn't really so fussed and so worried at this point about uh-huh. about pursuing motorsport. It was like every young guy, I suppose, growing up, you were playing football at school and things like this, and uh-huh. motorsport wasn't really mainstream at at this point, but. Yeah. Dad had done some night navigations and uh, things like this back when he was younger and when I became, you know, the age to start competing at that level, he, well, was uh, enthusiastic about uh, (laughs) me joining him in the car and at the beginning, I remember, you know, there was night navigation classes ran by Dungannon Motor Club and it wasn't really something I was interested in going to, but... uh, we went and pursued that, and yeah, now we're now we're doing the world championship. But mm-hmm. 
after a few events and I had a massive problem at the very, very beginning with like travel sickness, uh, reading the map all the time with your head down on the back roads and bouncing about in, uh, you know, cheap cars. It, it just wasn't the easiest thing for, for the motion sickness, but yes. uh, there was a lot of remedies and stuff like sitting on newspapers and uh, old wives tales like this that, helped me through that but yes. yeah after the first few events with dad the passion for sure you know grew very very quickly and we did four years straight in the northern ireland championship and that's where it all began yeah and then you know like you know before long you were like in there with you know like, some of the top names in northern ireland like the McKelvies, mckellen even you know like uh dixon's and uh william todd even in the historic money but like that the the range of events you were doing like even when you were like 16 at that stage, you were, you know, you were traveling the length and breadth of Ireland doing different events. There's not yeah, that, it was, that opportunity. <laughs> it was what I lived for and it was something that I wanted to give my all to, to try and, and pursue a career in the sport. Uh, I think there was a few years I was doing over 25 rallies in Ireland and the UK and it was just, you know, one weekend to the next and I had so many drivers uh, that I was able to chop and change from one event to the other and for sure the experience that I gained at this time was invaluable and like Chris said it's just all about experience and getting into different scenarios and getting yourself out of them and at a national level this was what I was trying to do to gain as much as possible to to move forward but yeah I have to say an Huge thank you to the McKelvies. Uh, these two guys, Robert and Darren, have been instrumental in getting me to where I am now because Robert took me under his wing when I had only competed in like six or seven stage rallies. So to get into the group Ben Evo and, and rally the length and breadth of Ireland at this point was just unheard of with the experience level that I had. But mm-hmm. he's seen... Uh, maybe some potential in me early on and and wanted to help me along the way. And even more so now when I have reached the world championship, Robert and Darren from McKelvey Construction have came on board as a personal sponsor for me next year. So the journey continues with them and uh, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, like that, isn't that, isn't that a lovely story that they helped you get started and they're still helping, you know, like whatever, you know, Seven, eight years later, I suppose, at this stage, really. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite a long time ago now from when mm-hmm. I was 16. Uh, <laughs> so to to still be in contact with them and uh, mm-hmm. it's it's been a great, uh, you know, friendship has blossomed from this as well. Like me mm-hmm. and Darren now are, uh, are great friends and Robert also, but he's just maybe a little bit older than me now. So it's, uh, it's Darren that I be in contact uh, mainly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these two guys have been... Uh, been sensational for helping me along and there yeah. has been so many you know yes. we could do a full podcast here on on who I have to thank and and mm-hmm. throw out so many names but uh, with these guys it's it's one of the the ones that really really brought me forward excellent, excellent. and then, uh, Chris we'll cut back to you then 2010 Phil Mills decided that you know time to hang up the, the racing boots and put away the pencil and you get the call from Peter Solberg. Um, was you know, was this something you had been working towards? You know, the you know finally into uh, one of the top drivers. 
it was just you know circumstance and coincidence and it all just sort of um, you know I've been quite busy for quite a few years with with, with different things and um, in the Middle East and, <clears throat> and going different places and doing different things and uh, Ken Reese, the team manager at the time, um, called me. We were we were standing in the, in the square in, in Ypres, and uh, Ken called me and said, "Can you come down and have a run out and have a chat with Peter?" And, and I said, yeah, "Yeah, no problem." So jumped on a train and went to Lyon, and uh, we went and did uh, an afternoon's testing. And everything seemed to work out okay. So we, that was us. We were in for the next rally, which was Bulgaria. And, um, well, it, it, it just went from there. And, and, and Petr, was, uh, it, was, it was three years that I, I certainly never forget. It was, um, it was every day is an adventure with Petr. It's, uh, literally, every day is an adventure with Petr. So it was, um, it was good fun. Enormously hard work. But, um, you know, that's all part of it. And it's something that I, I look back on fondly. Yeah, like, you know, you look at the cars, the, the Citroen C4, then it progressed into a DS3, and then to, you know, the official Ford M Sport car in the Fiesta. Like, you know, you, you know, you don't even have to think too hard. All the iconic shots you just, you know, going through the vineyard, you know, the big jumps. Uh, like, is there anything really that stands out in your memory from those years? Is there highlights, I suppose? Well, there's there's just so many, and you know, Aaron sort of said something there. You need a whole podcast, and <laughs> yeah, you need a whole podcast just just for Pepper. But um, you know, there was there was there was ups and there was downs. I mean, I certainly look back on uh, on Bulgaria, Bulgaria rally, the first one I did with Pepper in the C4. That was uh, a very special car, and um, our FX uh, was was our engineer at the time, who's now the, the head of director. The, uh, director of uh, engineering at, at Williams Racing, uh, the Formula One team. So mm-hmm. it was just so good at the time, and with a great team of people around us, and um, it was just so much fun. You know, he, we worked really, really hard, and then we had a we usually had a, a nice dinner afterwards. And it was uh, really, really good fun. And you know, the DS3 again, uh, just a really special car. They were they were so good. And, uh, you know, Petter still has the C4. We were talking in Monza a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we're saying he needs to get the C4 out again sometime. We'll go and, we'll go and do some rally somewhere <laughs> just for a day out and, and, and have a bit of fun. Brilliant, brilliant. And then uh, Petter decided that he was going to step away from this uh, rally and mainstream rally. And you moved across then. I renewed your friendship then again with Chris Meek. Mm-hmm. Chris had got the opportunity to do, to step into the Citroen team but more or less kind of one-off events. Difficult time for Chris. Uh, exciting opportunity, but like hard to jump into a car and to be have to go flat out. It was tricky. It was hard. It was difficult. And uh, we did Australia. Uh, we did Finland first and Australia, and, and both those events ended in uh, not in a good way. And, uh, you know, after some consideration, uh, I, you know, I talked with Chris, I said, uh, you know, this isn't for me. You know, I just was not interested in, in, in going to events and, and having, you know, it wasn't as if it was small accidents. It was just monumental accidents. And uh, I said, Look, I'm just, I'm just going to walk away from the sport. I'm, I'm not I'm not really that bothered. And so we talked about it. We talked with the team and then uh, obviously Sheikh Khaled, uh, Al Qasimi was, was uh, the main sponsor of the team then and also one of the drivers. So uh, he was in on the meeting. 
And uh, we talked a lot. And uh, I said, no, I'm, 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 I'm just, for me, I'm not going to continue with it. So um, I'm, I'm just, I've had enough now. I've been around a few corners now. And, and really, I'm, I'm happy with what I've done. And I'm just going to step away from the sport. And uh, so that was okay. Um, obviously, Paul was 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 uh, Paul was going to step in, so that's not a problem. And uh, and then Shaikality sort of called me um, at the end of 2013. Says, well, you know, I know what you were saying, but like, would you come with me? And we're going to just have some fun, and it's we're not going to take it. You know, yes, we're going to take it seriously, and and but really, it was the emphasis was on just uh, supporting the team and, and and going and having some fun. So yeah, okay, yeah, that's that. That sounds like a plan. And I've known Chad Khaled. I mean, I was racing Chad Khaled in the Middle East Championship for years and years and years. Yeah. So I knew him really well um, as a as a sportsman, as a competitor, and and as a friend as well. So it uh, it, it worked out okay, and and with a good a few good years with uh, with with Citroen Racing and Abu Dhabi Racing. Yeah, like you know, you know, this was one of the teams. You know, like uh, you know, we all seen what they done with Loeb and you know the domination of the sport. Like, you know, it can't be underplayed enough what, you know, the, the Sheikh, you know, done to that team. He kept it afloat without his back and Citroen made it disappear from the championship three or four years before their time, really. Very much so, especially in the year 2015, basically, Abu Dhabi Racing was, was supporting everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they were sort of quite willing to take a, a year back. Uh, to develop the the new regulation 2017 cars, so uh, Sheikh, you know, everything was there, you know, and everything was in place to do the championship. So, so Sheikh Khaled, um, you know, very kindly, and he, he stood up and said, "Well, look, well, let's see what we can do, and we'll see how far we can bring it." And uh, you know, without his support, for sure, it was just an amazing thing what he did. And he's a hell of a sportsman and a hell of a competitor, and absolute gentleman. And it's been a, it was a pleasure working with him all those years. And yeah. and I'll see him next week on the Dakar Rally. So it's, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see him down there next week. So excellent. And then you know, too, you know, Chris uh, done Finland that year. Yes. And, and like, and essentially, like, a, you know, not maybe a privateer car, but you know, but a car that was you know, five, six years developed mm. and went out and blitzed the Finns in their own backyard. And, you know, the, it, uh, maybe this year now, it's the last couple of years with the new spec cars that the Times has been beaten. But he set records on likes of Oyen Paya and it was unbelievable. That, you know, yeah, he's awesome. an exceptional driver, you know, mm. and, and, and that year that we crashed on uh, Oyen Paya, you know, we were going for the record. Uh, mm. Make no mistake, we were... Uh, we weren't messing about. It. We were going for the record that day, and, and it was just a very, very, you know, just a simple, a simple thing. And, and yeah. we ended up uh, having a, a fairly major accident. And uh, it was at that point I was like, oh, you know, I'm just too sore, and I, I'm just too old, uh, you know. So, and um, so, but I got a few more years with Michelle Callan, and, and we've become good friends. And it's, um, I look forward to that car next week. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Aaron, like at this stage, then you, Adam Buster, and yourself were doing the the Junior British Valley Championship. You know, this was another step up the ladder for you, looking for you to realise your dream. I would say that was an exciting time for you as well. Yeah, it was the same year that I was part of the MSA Academy for young co-drivers. So. Mm -hmm. It was the perfect place to be that year to get the experience of international rallying like the British Championship was. 
it was the first year back as well after they took the sabbatical to you know restructure the championship uh, mm-hmm. and the competition was extremely high and there was drivers from all over Europe competing in the juniors. So mm-hmm. from that perspective to, to be involved in the championship for the full year and do every rally was a great uh, you know, structure for me to be involved in and one that I, I learned an awful lot from to, to use then to build onto the next step of the ladder internationally. But mm-hmm. for any young co-driver starting out, I think, you know, the British Championship now and especially the junior category is is a great place to be. And it's something that I definitely can't recommend enough and a championship that I took a lot from. And then, you know, 2018, Josh McElean and then, uh, Mohammed Al Motaway <laughs> uh, as part of the Abu Dhabi racing team. Uh, was that where the, the friendship with yourself and Chris developed, or had you known Chris before that? Uh, not really. Uh, I contacted Chris's brother Michael, that I knew from buying pace notes off nearly every weekend throughout mm-hmm. Ireland and the UK. And I asked uh, Michael if it would be possible to get a phone number for Chris and Michael passed it along and I gave Chris a ring I think it was the end of 2016 and on the off chance uh, if there was anything coming up to to keep me in mind and not so long later maybe February time the following year uh, he obviously saved my number and something stuck and he, he gave me a call up to Set with Mohammed and, and the opportunity with PH Sport in the French 2-8 Cup. So that's where the relationship began. I didn't really, you know, know Chris personally before before just dropping him a message and asking him if he was free sometime for a call. And yeah. and now I think there's not really a week goes by that we're we're not on the phone talking about something. Mm-hmm. And Chris, for you, like was it nice to be able to do something for the you know that next generation coming through even at that point yeah very much so and and you know Aaron Aaron stuck out as um, you know he was he was a very conscientious guy and his record was good and, and nobody had uh, anything anything bad to say about him you know so we we, we rolled the dice and said okay let's let's give the guy a go and um, you know, it worked out really well. You know, Mo was really happy, Aaron was happy, uh, the team was happy. So uh, it continued on then for the rest of the season. And uh, there was a few ups and downs along the way, but we got there in the end. And then, unfortunately, just the uh, just with circumstances, the 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 junior team was uh, was starting to wind down, um, just for 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 different various different reasons. And um, so it was all sort of going to come to an end at the end of the season and, and uh, it just sort of went from there then. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we, we can't go past Josh McLean, you know, another young town, it's, his stars continuing to rise. Like, you know, to see what he is, how far he has progressed in the last couple of years, it must be nice to be part of that story as well. Yeah, for sure. Me and Josh on a personal level are are very good friends. And again, we still keep in contact. I've seen him just at the weekend past uh, to meet up before Christmas. So mm-hmm. yeah, Josh, the results that he has got for his experience level over the last 12, 18 months is just phenomenal. You know, he's only maybe not even done double figures yet uh, 
number of events in the R5. So to be there or thereabouts fighting for top five and even podium places in WRC3 is a real credit to him and, and everyone involved in the Motorsport Ireland Academy. Uh, he's got good backing at the minute and, and I honestly can't see any reason why he can't also have a, a great season next year and everything is behind him and he's working exceptionally hard to, to also make his dream come true. And the few rallies that we did do together, we, uh, we really enjoyed and we did the best with what we had at the time. Absolutely, absolutely. And then you got the call from an old friend of Chris's. Mr. Solberg then to do a test in Spain before the debut. Like and this was this was huge. Like the debut of the Volkswagen, uh, the Polo R5. Like this car, the, the media spotlight from rallying was on this car. It must have been nice to be one of the first guys ever to get run the passenger seat of that car. Yeah, yeah. Again, it all happened uh, very quickly. I think. Okay, I can't remember now exactly, but Chris called me. And he said, what are you at in two days time? And I said, yes, I'm just at work and uh, this is really it. And he said, OK, well, can you be in Dublin airport to <laughs> to get on a flight to go and test the new Volkswagen R5 with Peter Solberg? And at this point, I was thinking, yeah, what what do you really want? Why are you making why are you making a joke like this? And uh, I don't think I took him too seriously at the very start, but uh, yeah, it uh, it was true. And two days later, I was, I think, the first person standing at the uh, departures lounge at <laughs> Dublin Airport that day. So it blossomed from there and uh, another opportunity that, that Chris was instrumental in putting me forward for. So mm-hmm. I owe him a lot. Yeah. Like that, Chris, for, for you to do the likes of that, obviously shows the trust that you had and are even at that young age? Yeah, I mean, we did. We, you know, we 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 built we built up a good good relationship during the the, the Abu Dhabi Junior Team days, and uh, it was, um, you know, I mean, it was uh, Peter was only ever doing one event, and you know, really, it was it was it was looking at Oliver or looking at um, at Aaron for 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 Oliver, which um, which history shows that, uh, that that was the next the next step for Aaron, and it was. Uh, it was a nice opportunity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just, like as I said there, like what that developed into then with Oliver, like huge. Like he, at yeah. that stage, he was, what was he? Still only 16, was he at that stage? Uh, to start to do the Latvian Championship. And at he, this point, I don't even think he was 16. <laughs> uh, when I was testing with Petter in 2018 for the Volkswagen, I think Oliver was still only 15. And uh-huh. this is why the following year we did uh, the American Championship and the Baltic Championship because he couldn't get a driving license yet. So, uh, yeah, it it blossomed with Petter. And uh-huh. it wasn't really something that I was too aware of at the time. It was just really do the test in the Volkswagen and right. do the best job I could. And... Uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, then Petter Petter called me himself to to arrange a test with Oliver, and and things went from there. But mm-hmm. yeah, without getting the opportunity to do this this test with Petter at the very beginning, it it's you know entirely possible that I never would have been given the opportunity to sit with Oliver and 
and spend the next three years with the Solbergs. Yeah, and like to be in America in the iconic blue and gold Subaru, like you must have nearly pinched yourself to be thinking, no, this, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It was a real pinch yourself moment. And I don't think there's there's many guys can say that they sat with a Solberg in an iconic uh, blue and gold Subaru, especially in, in a factory capacity. So to go out there and, and you know, really kick my career up a gear to, to be in a factory team and, and winning rallies on the other side of the world is, mm-hmm. is just a, a dream come true. And, and to do it in such an iconic car and brand like Subaru was, was very, very special. And it's, it's nice memories to have and it's nice to have a race suit at home here with the with them colors yeah absolutely absolutely and then you know as well like you know the volkswagen bike car and the skoda motorsport bike car like you know it can't be downplayed this you know for a guy who was 17 years of age at this stage for oliver unheard of i know cali roving pair possibly as well but like we go back 10 years, 15 years ago, you, people weren't getting into works cars till they were in their mid, late 20s. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But for Oliver and, and Kelly, they are just exceptional talents and they have proved themselves from, you know, extremely young ages and they deserve to be where they are now. They have both shown, you know, incredible results, even with the lack of experience and for sure, at the top of this sport, you you don't get handed cars like this if someone doesn't believe in you. And and them two guys have shown that they deserve to be there with even the results they have already got. So mm-hmm. uh, I have no doubt in the future that the, the two of these guys will continue to excel. Absolutely, absolutely. And like you know, that's brought us back up then to up to date then to the start of twenty twenty one. And like Chris, I think it's probably fair to say going into twenty twenty one. I don't think you'd any aspirations to be sitting in a a, a works rally car at that stage, competing in world, you know, the top level world events. No, I had no notion. <laughs> uh, I was quite happy, uh, not really being involved so much anymore. It was, um, I mean, obviously it was it was COVID and everything was going on, and and um, you know, for me it was like pff, I'm not really so bothered, but. Um, when Malcolm rings, um, he's a very, very hard man to say no to. So, uh, but you know, it was absolutely great uh, for me. It was uh, I, I enjoyed every minute with the, with with the Greensmiths, with uh, being back at M Sport. Um, they're a fantastic family, um, absolute gentlemen, um, and a hell of a talent. And um, you know, he's, he's he's had a bit of a hard time in the media, um, social media. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, you just, you can't really argue with stupid, you know, the, there is a bigger picture to everything. And, uh, and you know, he's, he's showing that performance. The guy's 24 years old and, uh, you know, he's not, he doesn't have that privilege, you know, Aaron saying there of, of, of Calais and, and, and Oliver and these guys, you know, Elfin and mm-hmm. they all, they've been around rallying and coming up through rallying and been driving rally cars since they were no, very, very young, eight, yeah. nine years old. It's, um, mm-hmm. So, you know, Gus came into the sport very late in life. Uh, well, you can't say late in life, he's only 24, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he, he started, he did, the first time he went and sat on a rally car was the first time he even knew what a rally car was. And they've been doing some some single-seaters and some karting and, and things like that, and they just loved the rallying. Yeah. 
And um, you know, he's he's you know at, at the point of, that he's at in his career now, you know, he's he's only starting. Yeah. And, you know, we're we're down within one one second per kilometer of 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 the top times, and right. uh, you know that that goes down. That's that's in the results today. So it's um, and it was a, such a fantastic year, and, and and I just enjoyed every single minute of it. And, and look, I will, I will continue on with with the team for 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 next year with um, with various different bits and pieces, starting in Monte Carlo with with the ice notes. And um, you know, I'll be involved all year with them, and, and, and really, it's my pleasure to be able to do that. It's uh, thankfully no more in the co-diving seat for me. But uh, you know, I say I've retired, and I have retired from from this level of thing. But I'm still going out and going to go and do a few uh, a few rallies just for fun. Yeah. Um, Petter, Petter's talking about going and doing something with the with the with, with the with the uh, with the Citroen and um, Gundaf has a mark to Gundaf Evans has a mark to historic escort. So he's saying, "Oh, well, we're going to do a rally in that." So probably end up doing a rally with him in Wales somewhere and for a day out and day yeah. of fun. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, and that's good as well. You know, I still have a, a really good working relationship with 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 all my drivers that I've been involved with over the years. Yeah. I see them regularly and uh, talk with them all regularly. So it's uh, it's a nice position to be. Yeah, it's, it's the friendship. You know, like it's a sport, but it's the <coughs> friends you make that you know you have friends for life. Then, out, haven't you? Yes, you know, very much so. And. Um, you know, you should never burn any bridges or close any doors. It's because uh, that can that can that can bite you at the end of the day. So, you know, thankfully, I've managed to get so far without burning too many bridges. And, uh, <laughs> I've made a lot of very very good friends along the way, and and those friendships continue very strongly to today. And mm-hmm. you know, we're looking forward now to getting getting on with 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 the new season. It's um, there's a bit of a break now at the minute, but. Uh, they defined uh, a few things to get done. So yeah. yeah. And like, you know, we'll go back to the, the gusts here. Like that's kind of you probably already answered this question, but like you come in very strict and common, you know, for one season, that's it. Was there ever a point during the season you're thinking, hmm, maybe I could maybe go into next season, or was there a bit of pressure being applied or or no, you yeah, it fairly yeah. firm well, the, the... in a way, Kevin, yes, you know, it's um, you know, the, the sensation of doing places like Rally Finland and, and, and these things, it's just amazing as a co-driver. And um I was enjoying it a lot, but you know, it was very, very clear in the beginning that uh, no, it's 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 one season and um you know we need to make most of what we can now and you know, trust me, as you get older, the road gets more narrow. So it's uh, <laughs> it's time to stop, and I'm glad I've stopped. And um, but you know, in Monza, I will admit I was missing it a little bit. <laughs> you know, Yo- Yo- Jonas and, and Gus were heading out, and, and Aaron and Taka were heading out. And I was like, <sighs> you know, but uh, no, you have to draw the line, and, and, and a deal's a deal. And I was very, very clear on that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And like. You know, to be, I think in, in years to come, these 2017 spec cars are going to be seen as the Group B almost of their day. To be even to be able to say you, you sat in one of probably whatever 14 of them Fiestas that was ever built. That's mm. a lovely wee piece to have in your resume, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I love these cars. Um, you know, I was luckily I was involved quite a lot with development as co driver um, in, in development of the Citroen. Mm-hmm. And we did uh, two or three seasons with the Citroen and then uh, obviously with the Ford. So these cars are very, very special. But, uh, you know, 
and they are so special. But make no mistake, these these new generation, mm-hmm. uh, be ready because uh, we're in for something special next year. These cars are um, quite something, and um, you know, really, really fantastic. We're in for something special. And Aaron, suppose cut back there to yourself. You know, you started off 2021 part of that Hyundai team, you know, and we all know the success they've enjoyed. And the the debut of yourself and Oliver was to be the Arctic Rally. Unfortunately, you got a, a false positive on, with COVID. I had to step out of that. It must have been gotten two or three days before the rally. Yeah, it was uh, a very good, very difficult position to be in. Um, and at the time, it was, it was of course, the biggest point in my career to be making the debut in uh, in a world rally car, and especially a rally like Arctic on snow and ice. That it's Oliver's preferred surface and one that he's extremely comfortable on. So, mm-hmm. you know, we found out. Uh, in Monty that we would get the opportunity to drive the car in in Finland so mm-hmm. you know the work was astronomical and putting everything in it to to make the best uh, that we could of the opportunity that we were given and I did my COVID test uh, before leaving home as normal to to travel and mm-hmm. uh, it was negative and arrived in Finland and did the the COVID test for the promoter and unfortunately got a false positive and 12 hours later got uh, a second test done that returned a negative result and won again the following day to, to another negative. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, because I got the, the positive, it, it meant that due to the regulations, I had uh, 14 days to do. And unfortunately, there was no leniency even with the the two negative results that I got after that. And at the time, uh, it was very difficult to accept, uh, mm-hmm. both personally and from a sporting point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, we're almost 12 months down the line now, and I accept the decision that was made and and the powers that be and myself, you know, you can respect that everyone's safety comes first. And, mm-hmm. and if there was even any risk even though it was very small let's say with with the two negative results mm-hmm. it, it was the best for everyone and uh, yeah and then did you have to stay away from everybody then for 14 days were you stuck in a hotel room almost kind of thing uh well this is the thing that was maybe a little bit questionable so uh, i got the false positive and i got mm-hmm. the two negatives and i was allowed to travel home on a commercial mm-hmm. jet but uh, i wasn't allowed to sit in the rally car so Certain logic to that somewhere along the way. <laughs> and then, the and then you know, the next time you were to sit in the, the rally car, the world car again, was that me? And then Oliver had to isolate. You must yeah. be thinking, there was, is there somebody up there who doesn't like me or what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, there's a few cases like that this year with uh, some things that have happened uh, throughout the season. But I guess it's just the world we're living in. And it's mm-hmm. it's the risk, unfortunately, when you are doing so much international travel at the minute with a disease that is airborne and, and can be so easily passed. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, through no fault of anybody's, uh, the whole red-gray team had to uh, self-isolate, meaning that not only Oliver couldn't attend, but the full, you know, mm-hmm. R5 
factory Hyundai team. So, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. Uh-huh. Yes. And then, you know, later in the season, then the opportunity came along then to sign with the uh, Gazoo Toyota team uh, with Taika. Taika Moto. Uh, like, it must have been, this is another step in, in you know, towards the ultimate goal in, in your journey. Like, Toyota has to be, if not the best team in the championship, really. Yeah, arguably, uh, everyone has their own opinion, but uh, for me, it's quite clear. And the the place that I am now uh, in the team that I'm at and the support that we have behind us is just incredible. Uh, I'm very thankful to have been given the opportunity straight away after, you know, mutually deciding to, to end the partnership with Oliver and to already be in a, a factory car at the next WRC event three weeks later was uh, was you know incredible just to to change over so quickly and mm-hmm. our relationship obviously that we have built on to to continue into 2022 and beyond so yeah to to be a part of the factory Toyota team and when I was growing up in in a home here and watching the rallies on on television to see you know the Corollas and the Salikas going going through they were the cars to beat and and now to be involved in this it's it's very very special and it's it's fantastic to be going into a new generation of the the sport with the new hybrid power and it leaves the game a little bit more level playing so to completely change uh, drivers and teams and and to build that relationship already this year before all the changes for next year, it it stands us in good stead. Absolutely, and like Chris mentioned there about you know the exciting generation, this new generation of cars. You have been lucky enough now to have been sitting in now for testing. What yeah. are your initial thoughts on the cars? Well, like Chris said, the the 17 cars are just phenomenal and I have been very lucky to co-drive in three out of the four. So uh, now to be moving forward to the hybrid power, I think as a younger guy, you know, starting out at the top level, it, it's a fantastic opportunity for everyone and it's one that needed to be done. Uh, okay, we understand as as the human race that, you know, we have to change and we have to become more sustainable and think more long-term about the environment and to still continue in the world championship and do that more environmentally friendly and sustainably is, you know, a very positive move. And for sure, once everyone gets a feel for the new cars, there is no reason that they will not be as spectacular or if not more than the current generation. And, the extra power and and kick that you get from the hybrid that will make them even faster. Right. Yeah, and the, the sound spectacular. The noises coming out of these testing videos at the moment. That you know, the growl, the bark. You know, we all kind of thought with these hybrids coming along, will they mute a lot of this down? Will it be kind of more more PC? But it's not. <laughs> No, the cars, okay, when they're in full competition mode using both the hybrid pack and the internal combustion engine, if you were standing on the side of the road listening to one of them and and the current cars, you would probably find it very difficult to say one was better than the other sound-wise. So uh, to, to, from that perspective, the cars are for sure going to be spectacular. And uh, I think, from everyone, cars 
uh, and crews and the team personnel and the spectators were all in for an exciting uh, adventure for next season. And like, do you notice like once they, they hit the 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 boost button, is there like holy? <laughs> what just happened there <laughs> yeah for sure you can you can feel the increase in power you notice it quite a lot when you're coming down to the likes of a hairpin and exiting onto a long straight for sure mm-hmm. it's 130 horsepower you know it's a sizable increase mm-hmm. in power and and it definitely is noticeable and uh, on the high speed maybe not so much but for sure on the, the slower sections and the medium speed you can definitely feel the the power advantage that the hybrid brings yeah. the next question then i suppose to both of you then you know like um like call him sean Meyer, he took the photo in finland this, this yourself Arn, chris and paul nagel standing like the three guys from this island of what seven million people and the three works teams like was there what 10 cars there and then uh, you know craig driving like that it's unbelievable like i know i chatted to fred gallagher and terry harriman a few or a few months back and they talked about standing on the shoulders of giants like you guys are going to inspire that next generation coming up to see photographs like that well, I, I hope we do inspire the new generation. There is, uh, you know, make no no mistake about it. There is a shortage of, of, of good co-drivers out there at the minute, and it's uh, there's opportunities for, for for people if they're willing to put the work in and put the time in and, and, and try and get a bit of experience and uh, you know make no mistake with that. There is a shortage of co-drivers. So um, you know, Paul, Aaron, and myself are very lucky we're in the position we were in and um, you know it's 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 and long may that continue with, with Paul and Aaron and um, you know yes I'll be on the events but uh, not not competing anymore but you know really for for any young co-drivers that are that are listening you know if, if the opportunities are there if you're willing to put the work in and uh, get a few miles under your belt and um you know, it's 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 it really is like I say, the opportunities are there. You know, just make the most of the opportunities that you have, and 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 hopefully come and see us. And Aaron, what what's your thoughts on that? Uh, the specific photo that you're talking about that we took in Finland uh, mm-hmm. is one that I will treasure forever. Uh, for me, Chris and uh, Paul are at you know different stages in their career with uh, much more experience and. For me as a young guy only starting out to get a photograph with two of the you know instrumental characters of the wrc uh, and stand beside them to do battle in in finland in a 17 world car this year was just incredible and like chris said you know there is opportunities for sure for the young guys and mm-hmm. i think it shows with uh, what has happened to me over the last three four years and I'm still very young. I have an awful lot of experience to get and I'm using every power that I have with Chris and and Paul to extract as much of that as possible. And I hope that someone in years to come can can talk to me the way that uh, I have spoke to Chris and Paul. And for sure, I want to, to help people along in any way that I can. And the more people that we can get from, you know, Ireland and the UK to, to this level, it will... Uh, 
it will make me very happy to see more young up and coming faces coming through. Just just to add to that or to, to ask, I suppose, like if we look over the last few years, you know, with the works teams of Citroen, Hyundai, M Sport, Toyota, like we've had a representation between yourselves and then you know, Craig uh, and Chris Meek. What is it that, you know, it used to be when I was growing up, you looked at the works teams and it was full of fins. And, you know, the smattering now appears to be, you know, a combination of, of, of Northern Ireland and, and the Republic of Ireland. So why has that happened, do you think? Or, or you know, how, how did we get to this stage? I, I think, uh, Connor, you know, it's, it, that's a question that's been asked so many times over the years. And, and nobody's really been able to give a definitive answer. Um, you know, in the WRC and and across motorsport across the world, uh, Formula One, um, Le Mans, Dakar, all these events, there are so many Irish people involved, um, north and south. And, you know, sometimes you, you just think, you know, wow, it really is a small world. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it really is. But, you know, I think there's a passion in Ireland for motorsport. It's, um, there's, you know, people like Plum and, and, you know, putting all these TV programs on over the years, the RPM and, you know, and, and like yourselves now with, the, with, with your podcasts and, you know, in this sport, it's just, you know, people always have a good following of it. There's a, a great love of the sport of motorsport in Ireland and, and, and we're lucky for that. It's, um, you know, just being able to, you know, we go to Formula One events, we go to MotoGP events, Johnny Ray on the motorbikes is a, a neighbour of mine down the road here. It's, uh, you know, and all very, very successful on, on, on the world stage and, and long, long may it continue. I don't know, are you getting to add to that or how, how did you find it? Do you, do you just take it for granted now that, you know, your, your fellow countrymen are, are, are in the sport or, do, you know, do you find it that it's a up and take a breath moment and go oh my goodness you know I, I am surrounded by people from 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 home well i think aaron aaron is sam on your car is sam one of the boys in your no, car? no he's on elfin's car he's an elfin's car. car you know the one, one of the best mechanics in toyota at the minute is, is a guy from carried off and uh, you know a team that's run out of finland by Finns, and um we we, we have sam who we meet on the airplane or going to most events and he's from Cardiff and in the main Toyota team. Like Chris said, I don't think there's any reason that we can strongly give to say why there is so many people from, from this Ireland involved in, well, motorsport in general, but specifically the WRC. And like Chris said there, there is a guy from Cardiff that is working for Toyota. And to be honest, it was not, even someone that I knew before before joining the team. And there's actually two more guys from the Republic that are also involved with Toyota. So, you know, to have these guys and to hear the accent when, when I arrived was quite strange because it wasn't something that uh, I expected. But, you know, I think everyone from here and, and the UK, there is such a support uh, for their own and, and to help them, you know, for me anyway, to... To come into a new team, it it made the transition a little bit more smoother, and it it made me feel at home. And I think we're very lucky coming from here that uh, you know English is our first language, and with the WRC live coverage and 
you know, all the interviews and things predominantly being done in English first before the driver's uh, native language, I think, is a massive advantage to everyone coming from here and maybe a small factor to to why we are involved at the highest level. But mm-hmm. yeah, the target, that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I was beaten this time by uh, six seconds, I think it was, in the finish. Did you look it up? <laughs> I did look it up. And, uh, you know, whenever, whenever you retire from the co-driving, you make a good a good professional driver with the excuses that you come up with. <laughs> Excuses books for too long. <laughs> uh, you have to. You just have to play the game. If it was the other way about, there would be plenty of excuses. Too, so. <laughs> but it was a great day's crack, and you know, it's uh, it's it's great for for Aaron and I. You know, we're going, we're able to have a bit of a laugh and a bit of a carry on, and and see all the guys, and, and hopefully support the local motor clubs in, in any way that we can. You know, for, for for me, that's all part of it, and uh, we really had a good laugh, and it was. Uh, it was just nice to see all the guys again, and yeah. um, you know, we're, we're, we don't know when the next opportunity for next tower is going to be, but um, I think uh, we'll, we'll have a good race the next time as well. Yeah, and like the guys there competing there, to turn around and see Chris Parts and Aaron Johnson and Keaton Williams coming walking down through, like they must have took a double take. <laughs> Oh, but I think I think you know most of most of the guys you know we know them well and uh-huh. they know that we're 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 club men and sportsmen at heart and it's yeah. uh, nothing goes to our heads where we want to be out trying to support it and also having a bit of a laugh and a bit of a carry on at the same time yeah. so it's um, and it's a great it's a great thing you know there's not much to do you just turn up and drive around for the day it's a, it's a good laugh so it's. Uh, a very very popular thing and um you know and it's funny you know you're doing them and, and you know there's navigation in them there was, there was a bit of driving in them and you know a lot of the guys you know they're missing a trick there you know they should be out doing these events it's um you know they could be on the maps there's road books there's there's um you know they should be out every opportunity that, that these we events are really good fun and, and a good day out and, and a bit of navigation experience yeah for me i think well, depending on what way you look at it, unfortunately or fortunately, I I can't compete in, in stage rallying anymore unless it's with uh, Takamoto and then uh, Toyota. So I can't do the likes of Five Mile Town and the Bushwhacker anymore, which I would uh, would like to do as, as home rallies. But uh, yeah, the Targas are something that now I can enjoy and uh, it's good. It's good value for money, and there is a good competitive aspect to it as well, especially when you're, uh, you know, fighting these older uh, guys. So. Uh, what are you trying to say, Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> you get the finger out. You were six seconds behind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the the road the road was more narrow for me than it was for you. Uh, it was yes, but you also had about four times as much horsepower. So. Uh, there's <laughs> excuse book again. You definitely make a good professional driver. Yeah, well, you never know. You yeah. never know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. no, like Chris said, there for sure. When I started out, the the go to was night navigations. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the night navigations, for whatever reason, seem to have. You know, really lost their appeal to to the competitors, and I don't understand why because they're a great evening's crack on a Friday night. Uh, but that's the way it is, and the targets mm-hmm. have taken over. But 
like the one at the weekend, there was a roadbook, there was maps, there was final instructions, regulations, and this is all the backbone of of the sport. Even though you know it was a small, small event, it mm-hmm. the same principle applies to doing a world championship rally in Kenya or Mexico or some of these places. So. Mm-hmm. It's something that if you want to to start to think about making a career out of motorsport as a co-driver, it, it's something that you need to really try to get involved in. And, you know, there is, I don't know, a tar- well, pre-COVID, there was target rallies every two or three weeks. And, you know, you can do it from 12 years of age as a co-driver. So this is where people need to be. Yeah. And they, to take that to the next step, like Motorsport Ireland, you know, they have the Rally Academy and the Co-Drivers Academy. I know, Aaron, you spoke about it there recently. Like, this has been instrumental in bringing on the likes of, you know, Callum Devine, Josh McLean, William Crichton. It's also going to bring on the next generation of co-drivers. Is that something, Aaron, that you'd want to keep getting involved in? And Chris, would it be something, well, I'll ask you in a minute, I'll let Aaron answer first, maybe. Yeah, I went down to Galway a few weeks ago to give a, uh sort of presentation on my career so far and and how I went about things and it's something that I really want to be involved in and to try and give something back to the sport that I have taken so much from and like when I was starting out there wasn't really an academy structure in place uh, so I was using Chris as uh, as my one-on-one uh, personal academy tutor but uh, <laughs> Now with the Motorsport Ireland Academy, I I believe they're actually recruiting at the minute and and the process is looking for for the next applicants for 2022. So if anybody is thinking about about pursuing it, now is the time. And I have a lot to learn. I'm only at the beginning of my career and I still have, you know, an awful lot that I want to do and an awful lot more experience that uh, I need to gain but where I'm at now if there is anything I can do to help you know Rory Kennedy and Greg Shinners and Sean McHugh in, in the academy I'm I'm more than happy to do it. And Chris would that be something that you'd be happy to get involved in there too helping out this next generation coming up through? Yeah sure you know and I could just echo um, you know what, what uh, Aaron's saying there you know we've taken so much from the sport and it's more we're more than delighted to uh, to give a little back which we, we have done with with, with uh, people over the years um you know people like like John Coyne there you know it's uh, you know what he's doing for the sport is, is is really something special well my information is anyway and uh, you know he's putting a lot in and, and a lot of time and there's a lot of people putting a lot of time and a lot of effort into it and uh, you know, there. Are, I think there's there's certain people within within motorsport Ireland, everyone, but they're trying to please everybody. And I think we all know that you're never going to please everybody all of the time, and yeah. it's um, it's a difficult position. But you know, certainly with the the academy for the driver and the co-drivers, a really really positive thing. Mm-hmm. And to keep that going forward, you know, I hope people like Art is listening, Art McGarrick, and you know, really what you're doing is is, is really really something. And, uh, you know, for sure, time permitting, if, if, if I can get, commit to some time for uh, whatever you need, it's absolutely no problem on my side. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just I take a step back now and go, wow, you know, it, what John Coyne is doing, especially at the minute there, really is, um, I mean, he's, he, he's really doing something special. And, you know, mm-hmm. that, that had that whenever I was a bit younger, it would have been uh, maybe a little bit easier. But, uh, you know, it, it really is fair play and uh, well done and long may continue. 
Yes. And like you had Rory Kennedy ask never you you were a young guy, you could look up to somebody like Rory to give you advice. No, but yeah, well, Rory and I are very, very good friends and very, yeah. very old friends, you know. It's yeah. uh, we've known each other such a long time and uh funny Aaron and, and Rory and myself, we went out in the bicycles there a couple of months ago, uh, up in Donegal. Well, actually it was uh, it was quite some time ago because of COVID now. And um, we had a great day out with, with on the bicycles with Rory. It was yeah. uh, an absolute gentleman. And, oh, uh, anything, anything we can do on our side. Uh, and a legend, really, isn't he? You oh, know, legend. <laughs> legend. You know, and a uh, fantastic guy. Yeah. So we'll, we'll start wrapping up now. So we're going to, Connor's going to come in here now and we're going to give you a few quick fire questions. Just a wee bit off the wall, maybe, shall we say? <laughs> just, just for the bit of crack. Um, all right, go Aaron first. So one driver either past or current, that uh, you'd love to sit with? Colin McRae. Simple answer. Okay. And, and Chris, you've been there and done that. But uh, <laughs> who, who would be your uh, one driver you'd love to have the opportunity to sit with? Ari Vatra. <laughs> and uh, his favourite car you've ever sat in? BMW M3 Group A from Pogre. Okay. Aaron? Yaris WRC. (laughs) (laughs) I I noticed you were driving a Yaris weekend. Was that coincidence or? Yeah, that was uh, sponsored by uh, Toyota. So, yeah. (laughs) Very good. And Aaron, to date, what's the best rally you've ever done? What's been your favorite? Uh, it was very short, but the experience of Rally Kenya was uh, a real bucket list event for me. Another one was Mexico last, well, two years ago now because of COVID, but again, quite a short rally. And this year, I would say Rally Finland. Uh, any of these classic events are just fantastic to be involved with and to compete on. To do. And maybe not as easy a question to ask of you, Chris, because you've, you've covered a lot of rallies. <laughs> We've covered a lot of rallies, but but funny, Aaron said it there. Kenya rally this year was 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 quite something special. It was um, it's it's just a crazy, crazy, crazy place and a fantastic rally. And we're looking forward to getting back there this year. Um, okay, I'll not be going to go driver's seat, but we'll be down uh, helping out. And it's uh, it it really is an iconic, very special event. And Chris, oh sorry, just about right, Chris, did you ever do the whenever it was the safari, you know, like the five day epic? No, I didn't, you know, and um you know, it's now it's still as tough. Okay, yeah. it doesn't have the same amount of kilometers, but the stages are as tough. Um mm. it's that that area where we are in is um is where the classic safari used to be. Mm. Um you know, it's just everything's different now. It's you know, everything's right, but still, yeah. make no mistake. Still tough, tough. The roughest, most brutal, and there's giraffes and hippopotamuses <laughs> and all sorts getting. You know, and it's just the most amazing country and uh, amazing people and the scenery and the state. It's an adventure. Chris, what's the best piece of advice you were ever given with regard to co-driving and competing? I was given many advice over the years and every day is a school day. 
every day is a school day. I'm making a mistake. What about you, Aaron? Is there any standout piece of advice you've been given to date? Uh, every piece of advice that Chris Patterson says is standout. So uh, it would be very hard to just pick one. But uh, I think going back to the very beginning when uh, when I was leaving, you know, the comfort of Ireland and the UK and, and starting with Abu Dhabi racing uh, in the French Championship, Chris told me that no matter where you go in the world, a map is the same. So uh, that was one that stood out. Pretty good. And last question. Um, would you describe yourself, Aaron, as a frustrated driver or a happy co-driver? Well, after well, the I target... Said it's after, at the weekend. After... Expected a co-driver. After after the driving at the weekend, I would say I'm a very frustrated driver, but uh, yeah, I'm a very happy co-driver. And uh, let's see, we'll we'll do battle again at the next target, and maybe I can be a happy driver too. <laughs> and Chris, I'm a very happy co-driver, a very content co-driver. No ambitions to the driving. It's only you tried different. it once and didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I tried it once and tweeted Ballet and didn't like it. They said exactly correct. So we'll, we'll stick to a bit of a carry on on, on, a, on a Saturday afternoon on the yes. Brilliant. Thank you very much, lads. Yeah, well, thank you, guys. Thank Chris you, guys. And Aaron, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Um, Chris, it was an absolute pleasure just you know hearing some of those stories. Uh, I wish you all the best now going over to Dakar and in your new role at M Sport. And Aaron, like, what can I say? You know, we'll be watching Monte Carlo and beyond. Well, and oh, I think with the sound of it, you know, that these new generation of cars, that's going to be something else. And have to have one of our guys there in the middle of it all, just fantastic. I hope you enjoy every second of it and all your dreams come true, really. That's, you know, hopefully it all works out to the very best for you. So once again, thank you very much. Thank well, you Kevin, very much, just, Kevin, just, just, just before you go, Kevin. Kevin and Connor, you know what what, what you are doing yourselves. You know you don't give yourselves any credit. What you what, what you are doing with the podcast and everything, and pro- promoting the sport and helping the sport. And um, you know, really on on our side, you know, thank you for that. Um, you know, we appreciate a lot. And, and and if you can if you can promote that academy a bit more, it's uh, you know push it forward a little bit. To, we'll get some more co drivers out of out of this uh, out of out of Ireland. Would be would be great. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Connor, yeah. And this yeah. is this is the second time I've spoke with you, Kevin. Yes. And I hope <laughs> in uh, 12 months' time we can do another one on Absolutely, a review yeah. about uh, 2020. But thanks for, for asking me on again. And, I know, it's, uh, been a, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh-huh. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you. And Chris, we will speak again sometime in the future as well. That was Chris Patterson, Aaron Johnson, Connor Edwards, and myself, Kevin Glendinning. Token Rally. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoyed recording it. And uh, you could please like and share it across all social media platforms. That would be gratefully appreciated. And also, just everyone in terms of the station, which is quite a large story there, because we're now in episode eight of season three. So, if you want to revisit some of the old podcasts, there's some fascinating stories there to be heard. So, once again, many thanks for tuning in. And until next time, take care. Speak soon. Bye.